Hello, welcome to another episode of I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. Chip couldn't be here today. He's got better shit to do. So um, we have a guest co-host, a very funny comedian uh, from the Jersey Shore, one of my best friends. Uh, Say hello to Mike Sicoli. Hello. Hey, everyone. What's What's going on, on, Mike? Uh, Nothing. I had nothing to do today, man. Thanks for yeah. It's that's the nice thing about working with comedians is usually on a <laughs> on a Monday at one o'clock they got nothing going on. Exactly right. <laughs> so thanks for coming no in. No problem, man. I'm excited. Thanks for coming in short notice. And our guest today is a very funny comedian who just started a brand new business that yeah. uh, he's going to tell us about. Um, say hello to Dan Lamort. Hey, what's up, guys? The Damn. Jersey Shore's finest three right here. <laughs> what's going on? Oh, nothing. Just got back from Vermont and brought with it, I think, sickness or allergies. I don't know. You know, when you go from, like, Jersey or New York to Vermont, you get sick from the nature. Right. Yeah. Well, it smells too clean. Oh, well, at least it smells clean, so you know it's not COVID. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I've had it enough times that I don't think I have it anymore, <laughs> but who knows? How many times have you gotten COVID? At least twice. Oh, man. Yeah. And I feel like I've been really sick at other points. So I'm like, I feel like that mimics it, but you can't get it three times, I don't think. Well, there's only one way to find out. Yes. Just I should have came in and seen if you guys get it, then we really would have known. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this new business. It's hell. No, it's good. It's uh, it's called the High Miles Company, and it's this – me and my dad are trying to do like this – clothing company that's athletic wear for active stoners uh it's it's a process neither of us have (laughs) neither of us are in the clothing business i mean we've never had a clothing company and he forced me into this and what's arguably the most busy time of my life my life's never been as busy as it is right now and he's just like hey by the way i formed an llc so we're gonna do this (laughs) and uh it's been interesting you know we're trying to get our we have one t-shirt available which was easy enough to make now we're trying to get these sweatshirts made, and I had no idea how much of like a financial investment having clothes made is. It's it's interesting, but uh, what makes yeah. it exclusively like for stoners, for active stoners? Yeah, that seems like a very niche market. Like active exactly, stone, yeah. like stoners is a very wide net. Active <laughs> yeah, stoners is not a very wide net. Yeah, we have we're appealing to about twelve people out there. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna take their money. Yeah, I honestly always had the idea that I just wanted it to be a running group. Like, I eventually wanted to start a group called the High Miles Club, and we just got stoned and run together. And then mm-hmm. my dad saw this opportunity as, like, a clothing line. So that's what we're trying to do. I mean, it's just figuring it out. It's it's interesting to have another project. But yeah, uh, I don't know anything about making clothes, so we'll, we'll leave that up to the professionals and the children overseas. <laughs> I was just going to say, we'll leave, we'll leave that up to the children in the Nike factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't afford Nike, but uh, those are the high-end kids. We'll, we, we'll, we'll leave it up to the kids in the New Balance factory. Exactly, yeah, we get, the, we get the kids who just left the end one company. Uh, Dan, say hello to Kahuna. Kahuna runs our boards for us. He's... he's uh, we may have to change his name from Kahuna to Hollywood. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I wish I could see a picture of Kahuna's face because it sounds. I wonder if the voice matches the face. I am the Invisible Man, man. I love the. Jo- <laughs> I love the George Carlin to your left. Is that George? Yeah, Carlin over there. You got Hedberg over there. I love it. I love it so much. 
some comedy memorabilia. I, I built this office as like a comedy office where I was going to really work on things. I don't think I've written a single joke in this room. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's we're going to jump into today's topic. I'm happy you're here for it. So this was August was supposed to be true crime month here on I Love Rock and Roll, but then we were lucky. We actually got a bunch of uh, big name interviews like back to back to back. So this has become now, it's not so much a month as it is just a sporadic series. Yeah. Um, but we have already covered um, Phil Spector. And then we did, oh, why, it's shit. I can't remember who our second, who was our second murder one, Kahuna? Uh, was it the country singer, dude? No, that was Spade Cooley. No, Spade that was oh, that was before any of this. Uh, That's funny. Oh, I was, was going to um, guess David it was, Spade. It was Dave Navarro. Dave we Navarro. Co we covered, we covered uh, the murder of Dave Navarro's mother. Um, but today we are looking at one of the most famous murders in rock and roll history. Uh, we are looking at Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen. And uh, what's interesting is we're not even, we don't even know for sure that it's a murder. Yeah, I didn't know that before I looked it up. When I, before I came here, I didn't know that there was a chance he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it may or may not. It may or may not. I mean, it certainly looks like a murder, but um, there's. Based off my knowledge of my Wikipedia search 10 minutes prior to this recording, <laughs> I now know all of this story. I didn't even know who either of them were before. I didn't know who Nancy, you know, Sponge right. Cake was or. <laughs> Whatever this guy, Sid Vicious. Yeah, I the, I told Ken what my knowledge of it. It was a fat pool player from New Jersey who called himself Kid Delicious. That was all I knew of that. That's a great name, by the way. Yeah, he's like a 500-pound pool player who hustles people, and they called him Kid Delicious at a young age. I doubt he's around anymore, but. That was in Jersey? Yeah, that was in Jersey. Oh, I wow. met this guy who used to sell baseball cards at these baseball card conventions. Real losers end up there, and I was one of them. <laughs> there was definitely no Sid Vicious types there, no cool punk rockers. Mm -hmm. No, right. So so for those of you who don't know, Sid Vicious was the bass player from the Sex Pistols. Uh, Sex Pistols, one of the most famous punk bands, uh, but a very short career yeah like two and a half years yeah they 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 didn't last long and um in true punk rock form sid vicious was not the original bass player uh glenn matlock was he got fired and uh, the the rest of the band didn't like him and they hired sid vicious because sid vicious was loved the sex pistols and was front row at every gig and they liked his look he did not know how to play bass Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That'd be like a comedian not knowing how to do comedy, but still going out and telling jokes. You couldn't imagine something like that. Yeah, that's why you? they call you the Sid Vicious of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I could imagine that actually almost every night. Yeah, no, I was I was saying that super sarcastically. <laughs> yeah. It seems like 80% of comedy is filled. It's like you're either a Sid Vicious because you murder or <laughs> you're a Sid Vicious because you don't know how to do it. It's either a great compliment for a comedian or a terrible insult. Um, so we don't have to. So when I say he couldn't play bass, he doesn't. I mean, the Sex Pistols had one album. Never, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. He doesn't even play bass on the album. 
they they claimed it was because he was in the hospital recovering from hepatitis. Um, but I think the truth was he just didn't know how to play bass. <laughs> they got like yeah. a studio musician to do it. He does also <laughs> look like the type to have it hepatitis. Yeah. I don't think they made could have been a mix of, of the both. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I guess both those things can be true, right? Yeah. He probably couldn't play guitar. They got hepatitis. I was like, oof, I really can't play now. <laughs> <laughs> So um, Nancy Spungen, who uh, was this girl uh, out of Philadelphia, she was a Philadelphia uh, Jewish girl, raised middle class, very troubled childhood. Uh, She was a heroin addict by 14. At 15, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And she moves to New York where she immerses herself in the New York punk scene, which at the time was like... The New York Dolls. Hepatitis. Yeah. (laughs) All hepatitis. Yeah. Well, she was um, she was a teenage prostitute. So you're probably right there. But she she followed the New York Dolls around. Um, She claims to have uh, slept with most of Aerosmith. Um, She followed the Ramones around. And then when punk rock breaks in uh, the UK, um, with the Sex Pistols and the Clash, and and uh, she f- goes out to the UK, and she's determined she's she wants to make one of the Sex Pistols her boyfriend. Like she she flies out there with that mission, and um, she ends up doing it. That's when she meets Sid Vicious, mm-hmm. and um, Sid Vicious before he met Nancy. So Sid Sid came from a pretty fucked up background. He a single mom, and uh, was raised in a one room flat in the in London. And um, the way they were able to get a room was his mom heard a rumor that if you were addicted to heroin, the city would put you up in this one hotel. And you could, you, they'd give you like an apartment for you to try wow. and get off the streets and get your life together. The well, age old excuse. I'm doing this for you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Two bedrooms at the end of this needle. <laughs> <laughs> so she, I guess, you know, not thinking big picture. She, <laughs> she moves into this heroin hotel without a drug problem but she has now surrounded herself with heroin and um quickly becomes addicted to speed and heroin uh which i guess um to some degree she was a good mom it sounds like she wouldn't do heroin with sid vicious when he was uh when he was a teenager she would just inject him with speed oh that's good (laughs) and um so Sid Vicious already had, you know, he's already got like a speed problem, but he meets Nancy and within days of meeting Nancy, uh, she's turned him on to heroin and and he loves it. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens yeah. when you try it. Yeah. By all accounts, the two of them absolutely love it. Wow. Um, sex Pistols break up and um, Nancy and Sid move to New York to the village, to the Chelsea Hotel, and they immerse themselves in the New York punk rock scene. Um, let me pull up some 
Let me pull up some of my notes here. Um, on the night of, let me, October, on the night of October 21st, 1978, uh, they're having a party uh, in, at their, in their room uh, at the Chelsea, Sid and Nancy, and a bunch of people show up. I think Jerry Nolan from the New York Dolls was there. And at some point during the night, everybody leaves uh, except for one person. Um, uh, ironically, this guy was a stand-up comedian <laughs> by the name of... Uh, you're going to be jealous when you hear this, Dan, that you didn't think of this. By the name of Rockets Red Glare. <laughs> he was he was a he was a <laughs> rockets red glare he named himself after the star spangled Banner. Yeah, he's a patriotic guy yeah, yeah. He, he must have been living at the meth hotel too shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. after a name like that that's probably what i'm assuming there's the only one thing on. i love more than this country <laughs> <laughs> and it's heroin <laughs> i came here to do two things salute the flag and shoot dope <laughs> And I'm all out of flags. <laughs> so um, he was uh, a part-time stand-up comedian, part-time actor. Sounds like a full-time Tulanol dealer, which was some kind of downer. And also acted as Sid's part-time bodyguard, I believe. Okay. So... Uh, Rockets Red Glare. Rockets Red Glare. That sounds, sounds like, like a the thing that comes out of your dog's dick. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it sounds like a character from The Boys. Like, <laughs> like someone's sidekick. <laughs> it does sound rocket. like it does sound like a superhero dog, yeah, right? Mean, Rockets like... Red Glare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like uh, like cheap Captain America or something like that. Yeah. Um. So in the middle of the night, Sid Vicious wakes up. And the hotel room is empty. Everybody has left. And he goes, first thing, he immediately goes to the bathroom, as you often do when you wake up in the middle of the night. And there he finds Nancy Spungen's dead body uh, crumpled up under the sink. She's dead from a single stab wound to the abdomen. And um, he, I, I guess he calls someone he calls the police i think this is the first guy every time we cover one of these murders the first thing they do is call their manager for some reason um but nancy spongeon was sid's manager mm -hmm. uh, oh. imagine she's standing there and her phone's just ringing it's oh, like why won't she answer i gotta report her death um he initially he initially admits he initially confesses to the police, but it's something along the lines of, "Well, I must have done it," you know, because there's nobody else here. Right. But then he recants it, saying that he was completely passed out from heroin right. and uh, has no memory, has no idea if he did it. It wasn't me. Yeah. No, I think it was more of like, it could have been me, but maybe it wasn't me, you yeah. know? He has no proof that it was. Right. right? Like, the, like there was the, I think the knife was wiped down, they said. It was like the clean knife that killed her. You know, I, I, we covered this with the, um, 
with the Phil Spector. So I don't know. So I found out something when we covered Phil Spector. Um, it is almost impossible to leave fingerprints on a gun. You know, Dan, you know, like in movies when they're like, oh, we found your fingerprints on the gun. Yeah. That never happens in real life. It's fingerprints. Really? Yeah. Fingerprints do not stay on a gun. So when you see in movies that guns are being wiped clean yeah. and, sh and people might do that not knowing, but it's there's almost never been a case that's successfully prosecuted because fingerprints were found on a gun. There you go, listeners. Uh, yeah. I don't clean the gun because of fingerprints. I tend to come right on the gun, so then I have to clean the come off. That's how they find my DNA. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> the, the, they plenty of DNA in jizz. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah, if you jizz, yes, see, that's good information, Dan. You can't if, wipe the jizz off a gun. Yeah, yeah. That's what that, I want people to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you learn one thing here today, I I feel like this is um this is good that Chip's not here for this one. Every yeah. time did you notice that Kahuna, every time Chip's not here, this just goes off the rails. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I blame you. <laughs> I think this is like how I really want to be, but that's Chip... how you pay homage to Sid Vicious. He didn't seem on the rails. No. Ah, there you go. I like the way you think. How many times do you think the joke happened in his life? They were like, well, Nancy shouldn't have brought a knife to a pistol fight. <laughs> well, I, you know, ironically, him and Nancy went knife shopping oh, the, no. the day of her murder. Mm -hmm. Like wow. that morning, they were in Times Square and Sid Vicious was obsessed with Dee Dee Ramone. Dee Dee Ramone was his hero. Mm -hmm. And Didi Ramon showed him this really cool knife that he bought. So Sid was like, oh, where'd you get it? He told him Times Square. So Sid, Sid and Nancy went to Times Square just to buy that knife. He wanted the same knife as Didi Ramon. And then literally less than 24 hours later, that knife is used to kill Nancy Spongeon. I saw something else that said she might have done it herself. Like she, they always said... That if they were gonna, if one of them OD'd or if one of them died, they'd go out together. Right. And someone said something along the lines of like maybe she tried to wake him up, and he wouldn't wake up, so she did it to herself. I have, yeah. There is that theory out there, and there's also, um, they say the autopsy claims that it took her three hours to die. Wow. So it took her three hours to bleed out. It was one stab wound. It wasn't like. You know, one of these like, oh, she was stabbed 27 times. It was right. one stab wound to the abdomen. So they do claim that she probably could have made it out the door of the hotel room and and gotten, you know, to the front desk or gotten to somebody's room for help. For help right. So um, that is possible. The other theory is that there was a couple things missing from the hotel. I think they said they had about 80 bucks cash between them. And that the cash was missing along with one or two other things. So there is a theory that this dude rockets red glare. They, they said that it's possible that he was the last one there. He was, he was the last one alone in the room with Sid and Nancy. So it's possible that Sid was passed out. Nancy wakes up and catches rockets red glare going through their uh, dresser, you know, like stealing the 80 bucks cash to, to get his next fix. 
and confronted him, and then he stabbed her and ran out. But that doesn't, yeah, and that still that doesn't explain why she wouldn't go out and get help unless she was just like ripped on heroin. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I'm I'm guessing that it was you know, yeah. it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and Rocket's red glare apparently, uh, drunkenly at bars every now and then confesses to it. Like, like a there's true comic. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So people were like, uh, "You don't know what to believe." Like, even that's the thing with a comic. <laughs> he he might just want to be telling a, a funny, like a not a, I guess not a funny story, but like just he wants credit, right? Yeah, he just so. wanted he wanted the credit, and maybe he's drunk, and people are asking, "Oh, did you do it?" And he just makes up this fantastic tale, but. Wow. He's like, if you give me five, I'll give you the story. Yeah. <laughs> you give me, give me ten on your bar show. I'll tell yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> you might have seen this next comic, or not have seen in the apartment. Rockets, red glare. Yeah, uh, but he uh, he is also dead now. Was he funny? I I with a name like that, how could he not be? <laughs> how could he possibly? You have an expectation when your name is Rockets, red glare. Because, I mean, if the next person after you's name is bombs bursting in air, then you're in trouble. <laughs> I wonder if there's a whole crew. That's it's Then it's like they threw through the night, then our flag was still there. It's a whole troop of just shitty yeah. comics. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is your next comic, Mike. My country, Tizavi. <laughs> next is Sweet Land of Liberty. Hershey's great. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, Thanks for going down that rabbit hole for a second with me. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say, Deb? Oh no, I was gonna. I just realized I was gonna jump ahead in in this story where we're we're, we're already. Go ahead. Yeah, didn't they find like a note on him after he died that it was actually like a suicide pact? Like he had to keep his side of the bargain. Yes. Yeah. They they did so. Um, Yes, that's that's what his his mother claims. His his mother was um she seemed like a very charming lady. Actually, Dan, there was there was something there's something in here that um I wanted to ask you because so so Sid Vicious is arrested uh for the murder and sent to Rikers where he only spends a few days because he's bailed out. Which I I don't I didn't know that you can get bailed out for murder, but he posts bail and is back on the street within days. Um, he and then one night he is at Max's Kansas City, which was a famous punk rock club in the seventies, and uh, he gets into a fight with um, a guy named Todd Smith, who was uh, Patty Smith's brother. The, the musician Patty Smith. It was her brother. Sid Vicious is there kind of being disrespectful to his girlfriend, and Todd tells him to stop, and Sid Vicious takes a beer bottle and cracks him over the head with it. Todd Smith almost loses an eye, but Sid's arrested again on assault, which violates his parole, and he's sent back to Rikers, this time for 55 days. Um... Now this is this is what I wanted to uh, this is what I wanted to ask you, Dan. Um, 
they claim that Sid Vicious's mom would occasionally sneak heroin into Rikers for her son. Wow. And My mom would do the same. Yes, this is what I wanted to ask you. I have met your parents, and they are super supportive. Yeah. <laughs> I could see my mom baking a cake with like joints in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I like. You know how they used to put the like the file in the cake? I feel like yes. you're the, it would just be weed cake. Yeah. Why is this weed so heavy? Why is the cake so heavy? She's got a grinder in my cake. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's what she would do, though, which was um, which I thought was crazy. Here's how she would do it. I'm guessing like Sid Vicious, she would carry it inside of her well <laughs> you know she loved him because the heroin actually made it to the prison wasn't she addicted to it too yeah that's a that's a good point <laughs> yeah. that's okay that's that is true she didn't do it um so this is what she would do uh and i'm getting this from there's a great uh, oral history on um punk rock called please kill me written by legs mcneil so what she would do um i'm paraphrasing she would she would wear these very uh like she would wear these boots with a ton of metal straps on them and she would keep the heroin in the boots so they would pat her down and then she would walk through the metal detector which would always go off because she's wearing these boots so she would say, oh, it must be my boots. Let me try again. And then she would she would sit down to remove her boots, at which point she would slip the heroin into the cuff of her pant leg because they've already searched her pants. And then they would they would take the boots. She would walk through. It wouldn't go off. They would put the boots back on. There was no need to pat her down a second time because they'd already searched her. I and, mean, it is the best hide-and-seek strategy ever. It's the Ocean's Eleven of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you have to. That's actually. I, I'm, I'm kind of impressed. I'm yeah, not yeah. on heroin, and I couldn't come up with that. I would be like, I don't yeah. think there's any way for me to do this for. And you. imagine doing all of that on heroin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the police station. And it working. Yeah. Yeah. And you would feel junkies, like a they're really like that. magicians. Junkies, like if you ever see a junkie on the street, they have the sleight of hand of a magician. It's <laughs> yeah, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then back to your point, Dan, what what she would do is then they would get together in the room, uh, in, in the visiting room, and Sid would already have uh, greased up his butt and <laughs> would slide it in. Dan, you love weed. Would you ever like? Would you, do you love it enough that if you didn't have it, you'd be willing to stick it in your butt for later? Nah, I'm good. That's how you know weed's not addictive, right? Yeah. If if they were like, if, even if a dealer, like if my dealer was like, "Hey, I'll give you a free weed. You just got to put a finger up your ass," I think I'd still say no. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, I'm not I'm... sure how that relates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying. Different. I'm just trying to for people who tell you that that you can get addicted to weed. I don't. I don't think you can. I think there's there. I think that there's a misconception about how you hold weed in your ass. Oh, okay. Because I think when a lot of people say, "Oh, there's weed up my ass," they think it's up there. But I think when people, I think I've never done this, but I think when people hide weed in their ass, they're just clenching it. You're in just their, clenched in, their in your cheeks. butt cheeks. Yeah. Because how are you getting that out? Just a thought. 
Do you think anyone really loved putting weed up their ass so much that even though it's legal now, they still that's how they carry it around with them? Yeah, and they it's have friends thrill. like, dude, you don't gotta do this anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're I live the in thrill. Colorado. He's a, I just love it. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have good hopefully as I'm trying to book future guests, they never listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> um so he uh so Sid Vicious spends another fifty five days in Rikers where he is repeatedly beat up and raped an awful what? lot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. They were not fans of punk music. No. There was a lot of, yeah. They were um he he was he was punk at a time when when people were really angry at punk music. I I was telling Sicoli before this started. I just watched on YouTube a um an hour long uh, Sid Vicious and Stiv Bader's from the Dead Boys. It was Sid and Nancy Spungen. Uh They did a public access TV show in New York City. You can find it on YouTube. And every caller that called in was just telling Sid Vicious how horrible punk music is and how he's not a real musician, musician and how they're disgusting and, and they're making a mockery of music. And it's funny now because you, like, you listen to the music and it's just like, it's just like sped up Chuck Berry. There's nothing even like dangerous. <laughs> no, There's nothing yeah. e- like yeah. Sid Vicious in particular was covering like Eddie Cochran songs. Right, and, right. Uh, they, yeah, he ended up like on a... the Tony Hawk soundtrack. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that what's uh, what song? Uh, do, do you would you even it? know? It was definitely yeah, yeah. It's uh, Anarchy in the UK, yeah. and it is Tony Hawk Underground One or Two. I think it's the first one. Yo, I yeah, love that was two. definitely in there. First I've ever I ever heard them was definitely that. Um, also, the the last thing Sid Vicious ever recorded, which is so fitting, was a cover of Frank Sinatra's "My Way." Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. like where he he. Purposefully butchers it. Yeah, he like mocks him a little bit. Yeah, he mocks him very hard up front. We've talked about what a fucking dork Frank Sinatra was on this show a bunch. Wait, of times. Sid Vicious didn't like Sinatra. I mean, they both seemingly really hit women a bit. So you'd <laughs> <laughs> think he'd relate they, a little they had, bit more. They had more in common than than yeah. they. Re- but I'm watching this public access show, and somebody calls in and is like. Oh, you're claiming you're in this for the music and you don't care about the money and you're not chasing a fad? Tell me where you were five years ago. How come I never heard of you until now? Where were you five years ago? And I'm doing the math and I'm like, well, he was 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut, him, cut him some slack. What is he just supposed to be born like a fully realized celebrity yeah. so you could have heard of him? And, and by so the he way- He died at like what, 21? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Nancy was 20 and he was 21. She was 20. Let me say, I did look at pictures of both of them before this. She did not look 20. No. No, that's uh, heroin. No, she, yeah, yeah, she had that road hard and put away wet look for sure. (laughs) Good Lord. She looked like that with a straight face, too. Like, you didn't even bat an eye, dude. (laughs) You were just like, this is what it is. Say about put away wet that just sounds nasty. Yeah. Right. It reminds you like a bag of wet clothes, which is probably what they both smelled like. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, oh, God. Addiction isn't funny. Well, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> there were, so Nan- Nancy Spungen was so hated by ever like when you read this book, people are laughing in it, uh, you know, and it's an oral history. So it's just taking their accounts from different interviews. And I read one, oh God, I, f- I forget who the quote was from. It was from another punk rocker. And they were like, yeah, if like she was annoying, like if Sid hadn't murdered her, I would have. Wow. Which uh, like, Sounds in like high- an Eric Clapton quote. <laughs> Holy crap. (laughs) I can see the BuzzFeed article now. Holy shit. Oh, man. I just saw a tweet. This has nothing to do with Sid Vicious, but I just saw a tweet. um, I think it's from that John Fugelsang dude. Fugelsang. He said that uh, Eric Clapton went from King of the Delta Blues to King of the Delta Variant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, February 1st, 1979, Sid Vicious, uh, they post bail on him again for $50,000. Now, this again blows my mind. He's arrested for murder and paroled days later and then arrested for assault and paroled just a couple months later. Like they, they keep putting this dude out on the street. Um, February 1st, 1979 Sid vicious, by the way, in the time that he's out on the, in the time that he's uh, paroled from the first, from the first murder charge and, and he's out for a couple months, he, he gets a new girlfriend which yeah, is suspicious. Yeah, but that's also like you got to be super sure that your dude It wasn't his he's the young record saying it's his girlfriend or is it just some girl he was like hooking up with fresh out trying to like he was just in prison you just said getting raped so I'd probably want to find somebody after that. Yeah. Yeah, well, he 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 hooks up with his actress Michelle Robinson. Mm-hmm. And um they uh she throws a getting out of jail, like a like a getting out of prison party welcome for him yeah. on on like a welcome back party for him on February first, and um, Sid Vicious, by all accounts, other than the handful of times his mom bootstraps heroin into him in the prison, um, he's now clean, or the cleanest he's been in years, and healthy looking. And uh, while in prison, he's telling everybody how happy he is that he's clean and he can't wait to get back and start his career um, anew. Mm. Uh, and he, he's fairly confident that he's going to beat the murder rap. This is what he's telling people. Now, this is what he's telling people in prison. Now, he gets out of prison and he's like, oh, good, I'm free and I'm clean, which means heroin will get me so wasted right now Uh, (laughs) and asks his mom to get him some heroin uh and like any good mom she does she calls rockets red glare (laughs) 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 and um they have a party for him um and the the heroin hasn't shown up yet so 
<laughs> what I was reading was at the time it was just like they were having spaghetti and meatballs and drinking beer and Sid Vicious is dressed in his finest um, swastika t-shirt oh, yeah. and is dancing around telling everybody that uh, he's going back into the studio, he's going to record some things and he can't wait and he's going to beat this rap and then uh, the heroine shows up and then the party takes a bit of a downturn. <laughs> he goes he goes into the bedroom and shoots up and then um, overdoses in front of everybody. Uh, you know, turns blue, frothing at the mouth, the whole thing. Um, his mom, knowing that if they call the police, you know, if they call for an ambulance, uh, A, he's probably going right back to jail, and B, it's going to be all over the media. So she makes the call, we're not calling anybody, let's just, you know, pour some coffee down his throat and slap him around till he Good Lord. wakes up. Yeah. 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 So just shoving meatballs in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> Come back! <laughs> um, it, it works, and they finally get him up and moving around, but at this point, it like it cast a bit of a dark pall over the party. You know, they were like, yeah, kind of ruined it. He blew it. Yeah, that yeah. People fell. were like, I thought this was a spaghetti party. I didn't sign up <laughs> for this whole other thing. <laughs> and was, this was all at an Olive Garden, right? <laughs> you left that part out where they were all at an Olive Garden together, where this happened. <laughs> the Times Square Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Can we get more breadsticks? Is your friend okay? <laughs> more never-ending salad, please. Oh, my God. Um, so he comes to, uh, but this clears the party out a bit. And I would assume so. Yeah. So he's, uh, everyone's left, and it's just... Sid and this girl, Michelle Robinson, and uh, they're in one room and Sid's mom, you know, she's sitting faithfully in the other room, always by her son's side. And then uh, at some point during the night, Sid is like, all right, I think I'm ready to do just a tiny bit more heroin. Oh, good. Come on. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not, I mean, there's got to be something to like not even almost dying in front of everybody is enough to be like, maybe I'll wait till tomorrow. Like maybe just take the rest of the night off. I get that, man. Cause like there have been times where I like thought I was done eating donuts <laughs> <laughs> and I just, like, just keep doing it. It's like the same thing. It's just like that. It's just exactly like, the same. It's just thing. like heroin. Um, so he, uh, he shoots up a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, has by, by counts, you know, obviously I wasn't there. <laughs> um, this has, is when we find out Ken Krantz used yeah. to be rockets. Red. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Ken Krantz is the stage name. Yeah. Uh, Rockets yeah. is my gift. It's my Christian name. Um, it's my government name. Um, he wakes up. He he has sex with Michelle Robinson, and then in the middle of having sex, says, "I I think I just want just a tiny bit more heroin." And um, which, like, when they say shit's better than sex, like that really must be either heroin was it was that amazing or Michelle Robinson sucked that much at sex that yeah. in, in the middle of it he was like I think I just and then she she was like you know what this is this is too much and no and uh he eventually he stabbed fa- her <laughs> <laughs> he falls asleep I guess and well this is now there's there's some dispute over what happened but uh I think what happened is he eventually passes out and then just never wakes up so so the night that he's the the day that he sprung from jail turns out to be his last day alive mm-hmm. um I watched this documentary called Who Killed Nancy and I came in here like all excited to be able to say like, hey, I found this documentary where they they interviewed the detective who who interviewed everybody and saw the autopsy report, and um, the theory that this uh, documentary, Who Killed Nancy, by a filmmaker named Alan Parker, put out, claims that the the last time that he asked Michelle Robinson to help him shoot up, he was he was too weak to even tie himself off or do anything. He needed help doing it, and she refused to do it and went and told his mom, like, hey, Sid is still out there asking for junk. And then the the movie claims that she told, she told Michelle, wait here, I'm going to go talk to him. And then uh, the movie claims that um, she makes a confession close to the end of her life, the mother, Sid's mom makes a confession close to the end of her life that she shot Sid up with the fatal dose and the movie claims that it was enough to kill two people. That um, she knew that Sid Vicious couldn't go back to jail, that he, you know, that, that she she felt that prison, that being in prison would kill him and that it would be a much worse death. So... This, this movie claims that she, it almost like makes it sound like his mom murders him. Yeah. So, which is fucking insane. Like, I can't, like, I couldn't get my mom to do shit for him. Like, my mom, <laughs> I remember my mom told me once, like, hey, when I was in high school, she was like, hey, I don't ever want you getting in a car with a drunk driver. You know, if you're ever stuck at a party, I don't care what hour it is, call me and I'll come get you. And I tried that. His mom is giving him shots while he's driving. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried that one time. Like one time I was stuck at a party and I called my mom at like one in the morning and was like, hey, I'm, 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 and she was like, are you out of your mind? You think I'm getting out of bed at one o'clock? She was like, sleep, (laughs) she was like, sleep there, figure it out. I, so this guy, this dude's mom was like, I'm just going to kill you and put you out of your misery. So I, yeah. I thought like, holy shit, that's, and it sort of adds up and makes sense. Uh, but then I, I did some more poking around and it turns out the filmmaker admitted to making the whole thing up. 
that oh, okay, yeah so which actually made me feel a little made me feel a little better i'm like oh it was so i think most well let's be honest i mean if we're really breaking it down his mom moved to a heroin house and introduced it to him pretty young she did kind of kill him yeah, yeah she, yeah, she yeah, did yeah. not set but she also made him a punk rocker so you know you take what you could get yeah it um and it sounds like he was headed that way either way but after yeah, that yeah she was yeah. just her own you know michael jackson's dad i don't know his yeah, name joe joe jackson yeah that thing <laughs> you know you push him so far that you could get him to the sweet spot or the spot right after him these That's, two yeah they should have teamed know. up I say that about him all the time. Like a lot of dads beat their kids, but only one dad beat his kid all the way to the top. It's Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was Joe Jackson. Um, Sid Vicious's mom was a close second. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know what the sad thing is? Like when you when you see about all these hangers on and shit that that it's like Sid Vicious didn't have money. Like it wasn't like Michael Jack. Like this dude wasn't a millionaire. The, the, the he had eighty dollars. You said right? At yeah. The time of, yeah. Yeah. Between them both, they had eighty dollars between them both. You know, maybe he got a few advances here and there from record companies or whatever. But like when you think of a rock star, you're 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 thinking of somebody who's a multimillionaire. Like mm-hmm. the, this guy was living the the life. Uh, of a junkie he, he probably just had a couple more bucks than than the people around him do you think if that didn't happen the whole Sid and nancy thing didn't happen they'd still be like widely remembered today because there's still a lot of people who listen yeah. to the sex pistols the sex Pistols. oh yeah. yeah for sure but even even without all that happening you think it would have still been because you were there <laughs> you, you remember <laughs> Sid and nancy would be born again christians by now yeah. You know, they probably, they were pro- like, a, it, it almost feels like they were a prototype Kurt and Courtney, you know? Right. And, and yeah, you, yeah. and you think that if Kurt had lived, um, and eventually straightened his life out, I, you, you get the feeling that marriage probably wouldn't have lasted forever. Yeah. You know, I, I think that I listen, I don't, I'm not gonna pretend like I know the first thing about, uh, heroin, but I think that um, when you've got two junkies in a relationship together, it's still the heroin is still the main thing. Like as as much as you love your partner, and, and by all accounts they were super in love, they were inseparable. Um, I'm guessing that it's like the heroin still comes first, and you're you're, you're still gonna steal from her mm-hmm. if you have to, or she's gonna steal from him. You know, I heard I heard they fought they fought a lot and she instigated a lot of shit. Yes. Yeah. Like what she would make them jealous at. Not that it makes it right. But I like they said their relationship was not. It doesn't healthy at all. It didn't. Did, sound you, did they seem like they were healthy? No, 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 <laughs> Have you seen the pictures? She looks like they look dead in the face. She looks they like do. a raccoon. Yeah, the interviews, they look like their skin's falling off. Yeah, it's I mean, I know we're making a shitload of jokes, but it's it's actually really sad to go watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought we're making jokes about it. We don't want to watch it. <laughs> Make the fun Did you ever see it. the? There's like a Sid and Nancy movie with Gary Oldman. You Gary, yeah, that's a great really movie. Yeah. You ever see it? Was Gary Oldman's first movie role, I think, or his first leading role? I think it was his breakout role. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really? And he does the My Way. Yes. At the end, and yeah. He, I think he honestly, bro. I think he does it better than Vicious did. I actually, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, he does. I agree with you on that. 
Um, it's a hard movie to find too. It's mm. it's like uh, it's not streaming anywhere. No, but... you can find it on like um, you could you could pretty much watch the whole thing on YouTube. They have it all separated. Yeah, in clips. Um, happy ending to the movie or no? Yeah, they they, re, they the rewrote one. the whole thing. You know, they they wanted yeah. to give it a Hollywood ending. It took some silly yeah. liberties at the end. Yeah. yeah, Nancy still dies, but Sid goes on to be a president of a bank. He gets <laughs> his life together. Chain- she does. They do show her die in it, but she dies completely differently than she did in real life. Oh, I thought I remember the movie. I thought they'd show him stab her. No, they, they he got like, into some uh, kind of fight. He starts. The way the movie ends is with the my way thing. I think. When he said my think, way at the end, um, and then he like starts shooting people in the crowd. Yeah, and he shoots her, and she like bleeds out, and he like walks up the stairs, and it ends. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think Could they they do show that scene like as a fantasy scene. Okay. okay. Um, I, I haven't seen the movie in years, but I do remember sh- them showing. Like I mean, again, nobody was there, and, right, and right. there's no mention. Rocket's red glare is not in the movie. You know, like there's no mention of him. You just see the two of them get into some kind of fight and he just blindly thrusts the knife at her. Is there any clips of Rockets doing comedy oh, we online? Should check. We should. Like Rockets Red Glare live at the improv. <laughs> 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 it's it's the day comes out and he's like, all right, here's what happened. <laughs> Rockets Red no... Glare it to catch a rising star. Yeah, and that's what I'm picturing. Um. No, that's love and rockets. But that guy did look like someone who would chill with Sid Vicious, didn't he? Did he? You know In what? I picture? didn't even see the pic. Oh no, that was um no, that was the lead singer of Love and Rockets that that Kahuna just pulled up. Oh, um, I found it interesting because I was reading about like uh, he very badly Sid wanted to be buried next to Nancy. Yeah, this is yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. This was fucked up. Yeah, and then Nancy's mom was like, absolutely not. And then they brought his ashes there anyway and dumped it on top of her dead body. Yes. Oof. Yeah. yeah that's, that's like some kind of on top. Rape. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 to me is insane. So no funeral house in New York City will take Sid Vicious's body. They want no part of it. Um, so they have to have him cremated. They have him cremated here in New Jersey. And he does say in the note that was found in his back pocket, and there was a note, like I saw it in, I saw it in his made-up documentary that I ended up watching. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that this guy who lied about everything in the documentary would lie. But they, they do show the, the handwritten note that claims that he wants to be buried next to his baby. And um, no funeral house will take him, so they have him cremated, and then they ask Nancy Spongeon's parents if they can dump the ashes on Nancy's grave, which you got to be super fucking confident they're going to say yes to even ask. Right. You know? But, like, when you're the dude that killed your daughter, maybe just... Maybe they should have helped maybe, her with the decisions like that when she was alive. She wouldn't have ended up where she was. Maybe yeah. take the L. Wait till you guys find out where O.J. Simpson's grave plot is. <laughs> Next to Leslie Shock. Nielsen. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> Good God. Um, That's sad. You kind of feel bad for uh, 
for Sid Vicious in a way that none of them wanted to take his body. And then... I, I did. I did. And uh, listen, the guy is either a murderer mm-hmm. or uh, or was passed out when a murder took place yeah. and had no part of it. And has like he's either this monster or this poor soul who got who's legacy is tarnished forever very fine line and no one knows no one's ever gonna know it's no crazy. one's yeah um yeah, imagine sid vicious back then one day he's like three guys are gonna talk about me on a podcast <laughs> in new jersey yeah and they're gonna really remember me well why was he cremated in jersey wasn't he from he's from the uk well i guess i i don't we I don't... take everyone here yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't there no one wanted him in jersey was like bring him over <laughs> Do you think? Do you think if Sid heard this, he'd be like, maybe, maybe T-shirts for active junkies. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some. Maybe a running company for active junkies. Uh, yeah. All he want. All he, All Sid was missing was just running on heroin. He's like, man, if I only found that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I did. You know what? I I ended up. Like I watched, um, I watched a news report that where where the guy who's reporting Sid Vicious's death is fucking laughing about it. Like, yeah, he was a piece of shit. I watched that. You too. Yeah, yeah, you saw that he was like, uh, in today's nude, Sid Sid Vicious is no longer vicious. He's dead. That's because he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, you're the dude on the news. <laughs> like, well, not... I guess like they had so much hate for them because they were such like. They just looked so like shitty all the time, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they just looked like dirty people. Older people didn't really fuck with them like that. Yes. So he's just shitting on them because he could, and it was fun. Yeah. That's because he's a scumbag. That guy. Right. Yes. Yeah, I person. watched it. For, I was like, what? The, first off, and and then the thing is, the, as soon as Sid Vicious dies awaiting trial, they close the book on the murder. Mm-hmm. They they completely stop investigating. Yeah, they didn't care. They were like undesirables. They didn't give yeah. a shit. They were like, well, two dead junkies, who cares? Right. Well, real, like, I feel bad because it feels like Amy Winehouse kind of a little bit. You know, it's got that same right. square line where it's like they kind of just everyone shits on them to the point where they're like, all right, I'll just peace out then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they, well, they said like there, there's there's his last interview, uh, which or his last recorded interview. Um, the interviewer is asking him like, and now he's just gotten out of jail and I'm assuming he he literally doesn't know if he killed the only girlfriend he's ever like the only real girlfriend he's ever had. He he lost his virginity to this girl. So he like that's the kind of thing that's got to haunt you. I would imagine like, oh, either I did this horrible thing or someone else did it and they're still out there and I don't know which one is true. Mm. And the interviewer asked him, like, so are you having any fun these days? Oh, yeah. Which, like, that's kind of a fucked up mean thing to ask. And then Sid was like, no. He was like, are you kidding me? Of course not. And they were like, well, what do you want to do next? And he was like, I just want to be six feet under the ground. That's all I want to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy completed the goal. Yeah. Well, it's, it's important to set goals. Small ones at first. Good, good God. <laughs> what did I sign up for? Um, oh, God, this might be the end of... This podcast was just starting to grow a little bit, too, but this 
This might be the end to it. Nah, you know, I don't think so. No, I think you're it's gonna like be a right. fitting tribute, honestly. No one really knows what's happening here. No one knows if he killed her or not. I mean, yeah. I think we confused the people. That's good. <laughs> I like your logic. Nobody I really knows. Uh, yeah, nobody really knows what happened. I did end up. I did end up coming away feeling bad for both of them. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Nancy didn't have it great either. No, like she, she, her reputation. They and listen. She was a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, where were her yeah. parents? What and look happened? at the numbers she knocked down. She had some of the biggest musicians. She could have been inducted to the Hall of Fame on her own, which is crazy that Sid was still inducted. Yes. It's like the MLB, they're like, well, Barry Bonds might have done steroids, and the Music Hall of Fame is like, you could kill someone. It's fine. <laughs> and we, not we, even know how to play bass. We Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the funniest thing. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame off the strength of one album, that he didn't play on. So he's just literally famous for, he's a hype man. Yeah. yeah. He's a glorified hype man. Yeah, I guess in a way. Wow. Um, Yeah, and um, it's funny that uh, we were just talking about like, like. So he's the first hip hop artist in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so they sorry. Took away, they <laughs> took away Millie Vanilli's Grammy. They, the Millie Vanilli is the only artist that ever had a Grammy taken away. It's locked in a vault somewhere. Right, and Sid Vicious is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Why did they take away Millie Vanilli's? Because it came out that they were lip syncing those songs oh, and they right, didn't right, sing right, them right, on right. record. I see. Um, Phil Spector still has. <laughs> they didn't take away Phil Spector's Grammys. Um. Let me ask you, this is yeah. on the topic of death. I was just on the road this week. I think it's acceptable to visit cemeteries of like famous people or even cemeteries as a whole. I think it's actually kind of nice to walk through the doors. My girlfriend thinks it's disrespectful. Like we went to we were driving through Massachusetts. So I stopped at Jack Kerouac's grave. Oh, yeah. I saw you. I saw you posted that on Twitter. I thought that was fucking cool. I would have yeah, done that I for love sure. going to stuff like that. And like she thinks it's but like Kerouac's grave. There was like bottles of Patron on it, packs of cigarettes. There was oh, joints wow. on there. Like people just go there and put shit. Yeah, I think it's I think what we should what I'm trying to see is like you guys want to go do heroin in Jersey later at a crematorium. I actually know there's this one hike in North Jersey where like halfway through it, there's a cemetery like hidden. Yeah. And it's huge. And there's bodies there from like 1906. And there's still stuff like resting on the uh, on the, the graves. Exactly. Yeah. Resting on the headstones. It's in Jersey. Yeah. I forget where it is. Um, there's there's one right next to the stress factory. That's one of the oldest cemeteries in oh, New yes. Jersey. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking It's very small. Have you ever seen that, Dan? There's a tiny cemetery right next to the stress factory that has uh, some of those Some of those markers are from like the 1700s, yeah. 1800s. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's a very Yeah, I, I, like, I like a cemetery. It seems like so many people don't walk through there, and then you walk through, you get to read the name. I think it honors them. My girlfriend says it's disrespectful. I, I when I'm at stress... Uh, I'm going to let you guys in a little behind the scenes of comedy here. When when I'm in between sets, I go sit in that cemetery and smoke weed. And I feel like they appreciate it. I feel like Does your mom bring you the weed or you no? You sit in there and smoke weed? Do you really? <laughs> yes. Does your mom bring you <laughs> Yes. Yeah, she smuggles it in in her strappy boots. Well, that's like I thought old you were going to say her butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say My that. mom listens to this. Oh, Mrs. Grant's. <laughs> Old musicians used to go and play in cemeteries late at night. Like Dylan used to write songs at Jack Kerouac's mm -hmm. grave, but there was also uh, 
the dude is credited with like, I forgot what his name is. The guy who's like uh, the famous blues guitarist who started the Delta blues. Like Robert Johnson. To, yeah. Yeah. Robert Johnson used to play in the cemeteries late at night because he believed the spirits from the cemetery would go into his guitar. I actually tell some of my new jokes in there and I get the same reaction as when I do them in, <laughs> in, the, in the shows. Dur- during the height, during the height of COVID when everything, when we, when they were only doing outdoor shows, I actually got booked. There's some cemetery in Jersey city that, does events in the cemetery and I got asked to do a comedy show at the cemetery. It's the only thing I've ever said yes to before even finishing reading the, the ask. I think that's cool. Yeah. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I didn't even ask the money. I was just like immediately like, yes, because that's going to be the greatest story ever in LA. They'll do uh, movie screenings in the Hollywood uh, forest cemetery. They'll, do movie screenings they'll do events and stuff like that as yeah. well yeah tell how did tell how colin did that show go oh well funny you should ask they canceled it the day of i'm not making a word of this up the show got canceled the day of because the lady who ran the cemetery that put the show together died oh yeah, That's yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that'll that'll kill a show holy <laughs> shit <laughs> Well, we had a stage set up, but it turns out we actually needed a little bit of extra land, so we <laughs> cannot have you tonight. <laughs> oh, boy, this has gone off the rails. I mean, just like Sid Vicious in the episode, <laughs> so it works yeah, out. Yeah, there is a little bit of a punk rock vibe to this episode, right? Uh, I feel like I should try and wrap this up with something positive or nice to say, but... Do you have the addiction hotline number? <laughs> <laughs> Be a good way to wrap it up. Don't do heroin. <laughs> At least try not to. Don't do heroin, and don't be like, don't get mad at punk rock. It was just fast old rock and roll songs. Don't be mad about something because you hate that you can't play it. Don't stab your girlfriend. Yeah, I think there's a lot to take away from this. Yeah. Don't encourage yeah. your kids to do drugs. Yeah, if if you hear, yes, I think that's the takeaway, Kahuna. Thank you. If you hear that they are giving out free rooms to heroin addicts, don't pretend to be a heroin addict so you can get a free room. Yeah, I mean, I think if we're actually looking at the real meaning of this, it's that, guys, a studio apartment isn't that bad. Look what can happen if you want one more bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. It all goes to shit. (laughs) Be happy with what you got. Well, I feel like I've learned something today. It's My like, last question for you, Ken, because yes. you're the music guy. Why in a lot of pictures does Sid Vicious have one eye closed? Was that like a heroin thing? Oh, I don't, that I don't know. Or like a personal, like Nelly used to do the bandaid over the eye. Sid was just like, I'm going to walk. And he had an eye patch in a few pictures I saw. Yeah. That's yeah. Where he, he, that's where he really hit the heroin. You know, you know, I, you, people were so mad at him because he used to, um, he would like self-mutilate on stage. So he would like break beer bottles and cut himself up and and roll around. To, I mean, it was all shit Iggy Pop had already done in yeah. in the late '60s. You know, he he wasn't breaking any new ground, but um, for some reason, you know, like Iggy Pop, like when when like Iggy and and the Ramones and the Dolls, like that never got that much press. When when punk rock broke in the 70s it was seen as like it was almost seen like how rock and roll was in in the late 50s where it was like this the devil's music and it was like a public health issue it was like a public safety issue for a lot of 
for a lot of older people that just didn't understand this new generation of music coming up. So um, it was it was vilified, and now but now you go back and let's like I said, it's like Sid Vicious's two most well known songs that he did on his own were a Frank Sinatra song and an Eddie Cochran song. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why why it got villainized the way it did, but also like instead of cutting yourself up to to like just learn to play the bass. Yeah, like you wouldn't have to do that if you, if you knew how to play your instrument. So, all right. Well, I think this was we. My, uh, I hope I come back and break down another artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a few Dan, favorite ones. There's some crazy ones out there. Screaming Jay Hawkins. You ever done him? No, that would be a great one. I that love guy Screaming Jay Hawkins. Fascinates me. Yes. That he was his only famous song. He was blacked out drunk while he was singing it. Oh, um, I put it. That was I put a spell on you, right? Yeah, it was like eight minutes long, and they had to cut it down to two minutes because he's just like literally or like making sex sounds out loud, like he was just fucking the air. And they're like, <laughs> "You can't do this, man." That <laughs> do that. That I've gotten. I want to actually like write a script and make that guy. Obviously, I can't play him, but uh, he is not a white redhead. <laughs> well, Sicoli could play him. Then. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so isn't that one of the great songs in rock history? There's so yeah, many it's been remade by so many. No one knows who Screaming Jay is, but I put a spell on you has been done so many times. There's and there's very few versions of it that I don't like. Like every like the song is just so good and so undeniable. My that... grandfather saw him live and said it was like one of the craziest concerts. He used to come out on stage in like a coffin with like fake snakes and animals. Yeah. Oh, and... That's cool. And yeah, that funny. Apparently... He Alice Cooper gets all the credit for that, and it's like, apparently he hated it. He was like, a, he really wanted to be like a classic, like biblical singer, but they were like, "The cell, you got to do something." He's like, "All right, I'll be screaming Jay." Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, Dan, I am happy to have you back on any time that Chip isn't available. <laughs> <laughs> Chip doesn't like the heroin talk. Got it. <laughs> um. Dan, what do you have coming up? What do you want to promote? Uh, so later, me and my mom are going to be doing drugs together. <laughs> Dan, DanLamort.com. That's it. I don't know what dates. I'm somewhere in Pennsylvania. Uh, Church of Satire Comedy Club next month, 17th and 18th of September. Streth's Factory in November. Philly somewhere in October. I don't know much. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out for your stress show, and we'll get high in that cemetery together. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. Mike, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, Mike. Thank you so much. Thanks, for, bro. Uh, co-hosting. This was fun. This train I enjoyed ride. it. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you have coming up? Uh, I'm gonna be at the Little Victory Theater in September in Staten Island, and then I'm in, uh, I'm at the Dojo in October. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's pretty um, much it right now. Yeah. That's up in Morris Plains. That's Tiff's? in Morris Plains. Yeah, Tiff's Comedy Club. That's right. cool. This place is a lot of fun. Who's yeah. your opener? Rockets Red Glare? Rockets Red uh, Glare is going to be there as well. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. We gotta, I'm going to try and track down some YouTube shit on him and send it to you, Dan. That's got yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm The second we close this out, I'm about to Google Rockets Red Glare. <laughs> it's so funny that you you said the exact thing. I The minute I read that he was confessing to it at bars, I was immediately like, that. he's a comedian. That means nothing. He just wants yeah. to. Play. I had the yeah, exact same thought. All right, Kahuna. Thank you for for another for another excellent. Hey, no problem. It's always my pleasure. You want? Do you want to tell the people what you just did, or are we keeping uh, that under wraps? Yeah, I was just. Uh, I just made a little 
walk on cameo in clerks three which comes out probably either the end of this year or top of next year but yeah it was a crazy experience it was it was awesome so you'll see my face on the big screen which is a fucking weird thing to say out loud and And realize that it happened so yeah until kevin smith hears this episode and you get canceled oh no (laughs) i mean this is this is what cancels me oh wow this is how it goes oh well I had a good run. All right, everybody. Um, follow us on Twitter at Rock and with the end spelled out at Rock and Roll Pod. Uh, tweet us your story ideas. Um, go follow Dan on Twitter. Dan, you were you're annoying to me because you're hilarious on Twitter and on stage, which is. I feel like Twitter has gone down for me though in the last year. I've really tweeted a lot less. Yeah. There was a time where I was so obsessed with it, and then I I tweeted this low like last week, but then I did mushrooms for the first time, and Twitter became a lot less important. <laughs> How was that? Something about that cool? it. I don't know. It's just um, I just I don't find the need to want to put out what I'm thinking because I'm like, why do these people need to hear it? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know how mushrooms gets rid of the ego. Yes. Yeah. It's another thing to take away from this. Yeah, no heroin, mushrooms. I mean, Sid Vicious would have been a much different. He would end up becoming Kid Delicious, like we talked about. It would have been a much nicer story if he had done mushrooms. And that puts a nice bow on the whole thing. All right, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye.